0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Uncommon Energy Podcast. On this week's episode, we're going to be breaking down the results of a few tournaments that took place this past weekend. Ones in our current standard format and also ones in our future format with cards from the Paldea Evolved expansion coming out very, very soon. We'll look at some new cards that... We're recently revealed from the Pokemon card 151 expansion. Give our thoughts on them. Nothing super crazy, but one card that I think Azul and I both think seems pretty solid that we're excited to give our takes on. We'll, of course, have guess that flavor text everyone's favorite segment of the podcast, and we will wrap up this week with our meta forecast for the slew of tournaments this coming weekend. Milwaukee and Santiago regionals happening, and then of course the Torino special event in Italy as well. Three major tournaments, it's going to be an action packed weekend for the Pokemon TCG for sure. My name is Chip Richie, and I'm joined here as always by my friend and co host Azul GG. What's up, Azul? How are we doing, man?
1: Doing pretty good, Chip. And before we get into the uh regular breakdown of everything, got a big announcement this week. Um, Each of you have talked about doing this for a while. A couple of you guys have asked the question of where it is, and we've decided that we're going to be starting up a Patreon page. Some of you maybe saw the tweet that was put out uh, yesterday where we kind of uh, tweeted out that you can, you know, get on the wait list for when it's coming out and when it's dropping. Um, And we do plan to probably uh, make it fully available uh, later this week. Probably looking at Thursday, um, but stay tuned for that. But Chip, why don't you go ahead and let the people know what they can expect as soon as our uh, Patreon opens up?
0: Yeah. So. With the Patreon, we didn't want it to be just something where it's like we put it out there. People can show us support to say thank you for the content we're doing currently. We wanted to provide a little extra value for those who want to show us that financial support. So we, every single week, are going to be doing a 30-ish minute extended episode after our normal podcast. So I think the first thing to definitely cover is that, you know, We are adding this Patreon, but we are not changing our current structure, right? The current Uncommon Energy podcast is not changing, not going anywhere. Everyone is still going to be able to get this podcast totally for free, exactly as it is. This is just going to be a little something extra on top. So an additional 30-minute episode every single week, and um, where we'll spend the bulk of that 30 minutes uh, taking questions from those who are our Patreons, whether it be... Um, questions about a deck that they're preparing or a tournament that they're getting ready for or whatever else, Pokemon-related or not. Um, Azul and I are going to pick a couple questions each week to answer in um that extended episode that's gonna be taking place we're, we're just literally gonna keep recording after our normal episode yeah. end would be and just keep <laughs> rolling into the bonus episode so hopefully that'll be something that everyone is going to have a chance to enjoy those of you who do choose to support us in that way we are super grateful for um And at that tier level, that's going to be called the Uncommon Support Tier. And that is going to be a $5 a month. So for $5 a month, you're getting an additional 30 minutes four to five times that month, depending on how many weeks there are in that month, right? Because we do one episode every single week. So I think it's a pretty decent value uh, when you look at like the hours per dollar spent, something like that. Basically a dollar for every 30 minutes, right? Something like that. And then we're also going to have an additional tier for anyone who wants to go that little extra mile. And that is going to be our ultra rare support, which is going to have the same stuff, right? You get to be a part of the Q&A. You get to hear that extra bonus episode every single week. And in addition to that, we're going to be uh, mailing out everyone in the ultra rare support tier a card from Guess That Flavor Text that Azul and I are going to be signing once a month. So every single month you're going to get a card signed by both Azul and myself. That is going to be a card that we had featured on guess that flavor text. Shout out to our buddy kid for that pretty fun idea. And Yeah. (laughs) uh, yeah, I'm excited about it. And that tier is going to be $25 a month, just a little something extra. Um, just to show your support and you get something cool to kind of take away with it as well. That's going to be signed by myself and Azul and potentially stamped as well with the uncommon energy logo. We're working that one out, but that's that's the plan at the moment at least is that it'll also have a stamp on it. That's uh, has our logo. So excited about that. You can sign up for the waitlist Now I'll leave a link to it in the description of the YouTube video and it will be going live. Like Azul said, Later this week, as well. Any other thoughts on the on the Patreon? Anything else I didn't cover that you want to throw out there?
1: No, I'm excited for that to do the Patreon for sure. Um, for anyone out there who wants to show us that that extra support, you know, that'll be the the way for you to support everything me and do me and Chip do over here.
0: Uh, on and the it's going to Un- help Uncommon us do th- more things in the future too, right? Yeah, like, like we want to be able to take what we make from the uh, the Patreon and reinvest it into doing more cool and unique things for the podcast we've got some some kind of fun ideas in the future that azul and i've chatted about and so hopefully some more of that will be coming as we get into the summer
1: yeah definitely excited for everything with that um and then uh yeah i mean definitely be be sure to get a little bit reckless with the q a doesn't have to all be pokemon related anything you've ever wanted to ask us of course, obviously, if you go a little bit too far, we're not going to answer the question. But uh, <laughs> if you want to know what our p- favorite pizza toppings or something like that are, feel free to ask that kind of stuff yeah, sure. as well. Uh, and I'm sure we're going to be coming up with a couple of our own, um, probably a little bit more lighthearted, uh, casual topics to include in those 30-minute episodes. Yeah, not strictly
0: um, Q&A every time, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. We'll have a, we'll have some other things that we might throw in there or talk about as well. So, yeah, excited for that, all that. And then, yeah, it'll be live later this week. Check out the description for the waitlist link. And then um yeah, I think covers everything we need to talk about with that. Um we're getting ready for we're both we're both getting ready to play in Milwaukee this weekend. Uh, but before we got into uh what is the what is the saying they used to say? Regularly tuned or your regularly scheduled your regularly scheduled <laughs> programming? <laughs> yeah, it was like on my mind, but I couldn't remember what they said. Um, I did want to make a comment real fast. Not going to dwell on this very long. About last week's episode, we talked about the whole Rowan situation, uh, and one someone left a comment saying uh, it seemed like I hated Rowan, which I definitely don't hate Rowan. Um, the, I do want to kind of like wrap up my whole taken opinion on this in this last in this quick like twenty seconds to say. Uh, I don't think Rowan is any kind of extremist. I don't think Rowan's friends are any kind of extremists. Um, but <clears throat> I think, and I think going out of your way to call them extremists um or going out of their way to fully exonerate them of is exonerate the right word of any responsibility for potential actions which is kind of like the you know on the sides of the spectrum of the choices you can make the far left the far right sides not politically but just like (laughs) saying they did nothing wrong everything's fine Rowan's a great guy and saying Rowan's an extremist um when we saw the posts come out from you know Jared Grimes Josh Josh I'm sorry I don't remember your I don't remember your last name uh and then Michael Slutsky I think the point of what they were trying to say was basically no one's an extremist until they're an extremist that's a lot of what I got from reading Uh, through most of their posts. So I think that's like really the big point to kind of settle in here. Going out of the way and calling them extremists, I don't think is right. But I also just thinking that, you know, Rowan's a good guy or Rowan's friends are good guys, whatever it might be, um, you know, there's no reason to be um, attacking them this harshly over this incident. No one's an extremist until they're an extremist. And that's when everyone's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe they were who they are, so that's. I just want to kind of leave that out there. With I think that kind of covers that in my my opinion, my take on the whole situation. I don't hate Rowan, but once again, they're definitely like a, you know a little bit of a middle ground here that I think both people need kind of, or people from both sides need to come together on a little bit um and have that kind of thought process. But yeah, this week getting ready for Milwaukee regionals. My week has been pretty mid to be honest, leading up to Milwaukee. I've been sick. I got sick. I haven't been sick after an event in a while. I feel like. And we haven't had. the... Uh, of course, some people are going to say it's because we haven't. It's because so you're not masks. wearing your mask. Yeah, we, we don't have masks anymore. We haven't had masks for a while, and I haven't gotten sick after an event in a while. It feels like. But I was sick this week. I was really sick for like the first three days, and I started streaming up again on Thursday or um, Friday. And um, so yeah, but doing that, I haven't been playing PTCG live at all. There was a, there was the Taiwan event, which was super cool to see some new format stuff. I just like kind of live reacting to. Terms uh, of tournaments general, which makes me want to go to like less regionals throughout the year so that way i can like be at home streaming kind of watching bro, them is this, to be honest you've had
0: this we've so had this not all of them so just many some times. <laughs> bro literally like last year whenever you didn't do euic you were like oh man i had a fun time like streaming euic maybe i'll do this like a few more times and then how many regionals have you skipped this year Ooh zero zero original
1: so okay, far okay, i mean it doesn't mean it doesn't mean like i'm not thinking about it more and more towards the sure future. especially sure. once i do these these kind of like streams where i'm like just watching the game because watching it live is so much better than watching a vod right yeah so, it is um it's a lot more entertaining to watch it live um but yeah i was sick for most of it haven't booted up PTCG live and still making the content though which has been it just i've been just having a ton of fun with all the content i have been making that's not involving PTCG live to be honest so it's been uh a good time with that uh being sick sucked but um Starting to feel better. And yeah, we got Milwaukee this weekend chip. You're going to be playing. This is, is going to be your second event this year, right? After losing right. the winning in at Dallas is day two on the,
0: on the, you got to huh? bring it up huh? You got to bring it up. Yes. Yes. So, so I will be playing this weekend in Milwaukee, which I'm super excited for as Like as we said, I just last played in Dallas or Arlington regionals and I did lose the winning in that was on the stream. So it is out there for everyone to see forever. Me losing my winning in. Day two heartbreaking stuff, but I'm hopeful this time we're gonna turn it around. I've really been trying to practice a lot, trying to get in there and play games and feel comfortable just with tons of different decks. So, whatever we land on for the tournament, I'm gonna feel hopefully decent about. Um, I mean,
1: you did pretty good for like that was the first time you played Kyogre at a tournament, for d- yeah,
0: dude. And Kyogre's yeah. tough, man. At Dallas, yeah, and um, but you know. Hopefully, we've shaken some of the rust off. We're feeling good and we'll uh,
1: <laughs> hopefully, I mean, get locally, right? hopefully
0: get into day two. I will be a little disappointed if I don't make day two, to be honest, but I'm not going to yeah. like set any crazy expectations on myself or anything. Like, I know I'm good enough to make day two. I just hope that um, the mistake, like, my mistakes throughout the tournament which i'm sure are inevitable right i think i don't think anyone's ever walked away from a day one feeling like they made zero mistakes throughout the day it's maybe happened a time or two but um it's really tough to to come away yeah especially if you're playing a lost (laughs) box deck right so um hopefully i can minimize my mistakes as much as possible and that is enough to get me into day two of the tournament that's really just my main goal anything else obviously i'm going to try to do everything i can to win like i I, i'm going to treat that as my ultimate goal, right. To win the tournament. That's kind of my Mm -hmm. mindset going in. So like if I'm six and two, even though I would love to make day two, I'm, I'm playing at six and two, you know, I'm trying to, you know, just getting six and getting into day two at six, two, one. And, uh, you know, getting some CP, like that doesn't mean anything to me getting some CP. I'm trying to just do as good as I possibly can. I want to make top eight. I want to win the tournament. So that's my goal going in. Um, if I come away with a day two, I'll be satisfied, but, I want to win the tournament. We'll see what happens, though. I'm excited.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And speaking of tournaments, we got a lot of results to cover. So we're going to kick it off with the Lima special event. I, 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 there's something, I, I don't know if I should say this, because it's going to like bring up like some controversy. At what, like, no, I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it. So Lima special <laughs> event happened, uh, and it was taken down by Fusion Mew. There was also three Mews in top eight. Again, there was four at Malmo, three at hartford another three fusion Mew, fusion Mew, definitely i think showing its real deal here to stay right
0: it's pretty wild to see it win three major tournaments in a row like i mean even if it is a good deck right i mean even yeah, lugia, yeah. even lugia right it didn't win three events in a row i mean it probably did at some point it, but it, yeah, it, it was know. like
1: there's a lot of events
0: <laughs> it, it probably did at some point but that's like Fusion Mew is obviously not that level of dominant, right? Fusion Mew is not that like
1: that percentage of play, right? The percentage of play is not probably super high. And also, it's like it's not like half the best, like it felt like with Lugia, half of the best players at any tournament were playing Lugia, where I'm sure that's not true with Fusion Mew, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, what is it like? Why has it. Get, why are we at a point where it feels like Fusion Mew seems so solid, right? I mean, it's if you're just looking at results, right? It's one, three tournaments in a row. Now, I mean, the special event here in Lima was a little bit smaller, but you know, still great players competing across the Latin America region, right? Um, so mm-hmm. even though like Malmo and like I mean what Malmo was five hundred players? Yeah, yeah five hundred. So I mean that's not even massive for the European tournaments, right? Um mm, they've definitely had bigger Hartford the obviously year. being a thousand players, very large. One hundred and twenty three players Fusion Mew winning. I'm looking at this top eight. I'm seeing no lost box. do you think that had something to do with it Azul
1: where are I mean if if lost box isn't good enough in the meta to get there though, then it just makes Fusion mew a, a good meta call right yeah um but yeah, we don't have day one day two results um and one thing I will' mention about the Fusion Muse it was probably to, just a one day
0: uh, tournament uh
1: yeah, I think it, uh, I mean I can, yeah. I can look that up right now no, I you think you up. need
0: two hundred players to get day two Swiss
1: but it could have been oh I guess it was like a day two tournament maybe in terms of they just played top eight yeah on. they just played top eight the yeah, there was day, yeah. no there was no yeah day two Swiss rounds of course yeah yeah um what was I gonna say is yeah shout out to Rodrigo getting the dub um uh, Montoya uh and they were both Fusion Muse including Rodrigo's was the more hybrid build which I think I've I've had a little bit of experience in running some games with that I like the hybrid a little bit better than the the kind of the turbo with the trekking shoes i feel like the trekking shoes don't very do much i think the actual cards is what i like to call them if you're not playing something like a trekking shoes or an acrobike inside you're playing actual cards sure do a a thing um it feels a little bit uh, more powerful and you get definitely a little bit more diverse of a or you get a little bit better of a a matchup spread having the the two judge in there there was no judge in the list that rowan played uh second path so it like helps your lost box matchup a lot i also think yeah the lack of lost city was just really bizarre in rowan's list the more i thought about it like crystal cave is okay against Lost Box, but I feel like Lost City is always just better. So, yeah, I actually really like the hybrid build, and that's what we saw both of the players in top eight with the uh the plane.
0: Yeah, both on kind of similar lists. Now, there was also a DTE, kind of more traditional Mew, and this one had kind of an interesting card in oh, it. Oh, I didn't even. <laughs> he's got, he's got the Sklovet, bro. <laughs> the Sklovet. Oh, crazy. my. So actually, someone actually in 2 at, uh, well, so- at
1: Hartford, someone had the, the Squirrel in there.
0: So I think Squovet... Um, I actually had thought about Squovet in Mew at some point in this format, but it was when I was trying, uh, like, the cheesy, dreepy stuff, right? I think Squovet is better than Pidgeot to, like, make sure you never deck out. Um, potentially. I guess they can boss K... Kay- well, no, they can't because you're dreeping them, right? So they can't, like... Yeah. KO the Squovet at any point. Oh, so but... you don't get it.
1: Oh, so it's like better than the Pidgeot. Yeah, you can use it in general. Because you can
0: it's... use it other times, right? Pidgeot's yeah, just but... literally there for Dreepy mode, right? Well, Squavet... But if you
1: open Pidgeot, you can put it back in your deck. If you open Squovet, you're Squilvetted.
0: You got Silene, bro. You got Silene.
1: No, no, I'm just saying the Squovet is just in play for the rest of the game. Sure. Because Pidgeot, you can put back to the deck.
0: But yeah, Squovet, could... is, is it even that like. When playing Mew this <laughs> format, there are plenty of times where it's like you've got a nest ball yeah. in your hand. You've got a path to the peak of Lost Vacuum, you don't want to play right now, right? Like these cards that kind of clunk your hand up. Squavat seems okay, but it does come at the cost, obviously, of having a non-fusion strike Pokemon in play. So I'm not sure that it's totally worth it, but like I kind of see with what they I see what they were going for here, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. And I, I think the Squat might be better than the fourth genesect. Right, like if you're anything, a situation where you're gonna put a fourth Genesect down. But theoretically, you for your first three Genesects, you want the fourth Genesect in play to draw better off the first three Genesects, right? Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and chalk it up and say this Scovet ain't it. But it is, <laughs> it is cute. I think someone did Day Two Hartford with it as well. I mean, mu- like that's the thing is like, I mean, you could put a Scovet in anything and any of these top decks, and it would probably be like five. you probably want to put want to put it in Lost Box because that sounds miserable. Well, no, but like, I mean,
0: I think like. It there's, makes no, the there's obviously sense. some functionality
1: yeah here. Yeah, yeah, yeah there yeah, is yeah. some functionality here but i'm saying like if a deck is powerful enough if you have one dead card it's not the end of the world right
0: sure yeah and you know that could be the situation here right like maybe the squavette <laughs> was in the list and then it just got discarded every single it's, game yeah
1: it's just there for you know it's just there for uh morale, morale support boost. yeah the morale <laughs> boost yeah for sure um, we had uh Lugia taking second, Lugia still showing up back to back seconds, I guess, back to back seconds during the week. And I think this is, this is pretty close to ju- I, I mean, we, I just give kind of Reagan the credit for kind of the initial build of the list. A lot of people were doing the Urshifu stuff, the Stone Journer over the evital and four Stadium and the Pumpkaboo, um, which I don't hate because you know there's a lot of Mew running around with Path yeah, right now. So, uh, and Arctina as well, which we saw was uh, the uh, in the top four as well, that's got the path as well. So I'm sure. Well, actually, at what point would you play Second Punkaboo? Would you ever play Second Punkaboo? Probably
0: not because. Be like about
1: prizing it, I guess. Or yeah, like open that would a be research... pretty much it.
0: I mean, you have a lot of ways mm. to find it, right? I mean, it's annoying. really just four, four Ultra Ball, four yeah, probably not. aroma, right? Because Mesogosa, you don't care about Goza for Pumpkaboo because you put your goes in play, right?
1: Yeah, it'd be annoying as a Mew player though if your opponent like researches one discards a Pumpkaboo, and then they hit you with the second Pumpkaboo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I do really like two collapse in Lugia. I think two collapse is super sure. strong in Lugia. So I'm a huge fan of double collapse. But it, is, it does feel like a little bit hard to maneuver in there when Punkaboo is such a high value because of how much path there is right now.
0: This list also has four double turbo and two V-guards, so just a little switch up of the That's energy count. I hate, the,
1: I hate four double turbo. I was like, I hate double turbo. Double turbo just feels terrible in Lugia, to be honest. Yeah. That's something I'm, that stood out to me, too, and I was like, dude, that card feels terrible <laughs> Yeah, I feel like I never want it
0: and also like, he's playing the stone journal over the evil as well yeah. i mean which i guess makes sense with the decline of guardy right but yeah, but it's but with mew, the increase of
1: mew he right? really good against Mew. yeah yeah so i'm not i'm not a big fan of the the journal but maybe like arc and even like my were like super popular uh expected in the meta but at that point i would probably go with the one one i would try i'd fit the stone journal on top of the evil but uh, but yeah lugia does it again um and then we had uh diego with the arctina world yeah, champion speaking of arceus uh, third placed uh, another squavette in the in the there's a but this one makes a little bit more sense, I feel <laughs> <like>. <laughs> yeah uh, and this list pretty just straightforward, right? Like nothing special. Like I guess the, the list to kind of compare it to is like kind of Landon's uh, who won Portland regionals. Um but the in, in, like the comparison right now, Sharon's care plus the pal pad get a little bit stronger of a lost box matchup.
0: Yeah, so literally I think it's Landon's list, minus two trekking shoes plus Sharon's plus pal pad. And... and then
1: second choice belt over the
0: Oh, over the gloves, oh. yeah, which yeah, does which make I sense. Rise and Mew, sense. yeah, yeah.
1: Ryzen Mew decrease in Guardy. Well, I guess the gloves did the same thing there. What is the reason to play it if it's literally just for Oh Guardi. Lugia, the Lugia matchup to kill the Lugia V Star with the V Guard.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, the yeah. gloves. Yeah, it's a, uh, the the gloves but, is benefit is of having it. Choice Belt over it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah for sure. Yeah, that so sense. like I mean, gloves versus Choice Belt, it's literally the same in the Mew matchup. It doesn't really matter against Lost Box. You don't need either of them. I mean, I guess like. Well, I mean, are we doing anything with any of these guys? Bite for 20? No, yeah. So, <laughs> Coons and gloves not doing anything. You no, know, I literally into... had
1: a game recently where I could get a KO with Squavette with a Choice Spell on, well, not recently, because I haven't played PTCG Live in forever, but the last time I played PTCG Live, that actually came up, Squavette plus <laughs> Choice Spell. And did you do it? I don't remember. I maybe did. Bruh,
0: you would remember, so you definitely didn't do it.
1: I remember it was like a big deal. I can't remember for sure if it happened or not. I mean, that's a big deal. The squad by getting in there for a knockout.
0: I definitely like putting the Sharon's Care in this list. That was like one of the first things I did after I saw Landon's list. Whenever I was testing this deck, it was like, yeah, the Lost Box is too good and popular. A Sharon's yeah. Care in here seems super, super good. I almost wonder if Volo. Nah, nah, not Volo. I was thinking <laughs> Volo could be an option as nah, well, but I don't think you want to. I mean, because like against Lost Box, you don't hate like attacking with a Tina V, right? And then you can clear it out of play with a Volo. Yeah, but, but
1: Terrence, it probably makes more sense to conserve the resources also like in like against other arc decks to be able to chain your arceus when they can or something
0: like that's pretty cool yeah um, for sure speaking of other arc decks as well there was one more of those in top eight by aj uh with the yeah. arc dura umbreon kind of something we've gotten a little bit more used to seeing it was all over the place in hartford i think it's going to be probably pretty popular in milwaukee if i had to guess um but yeah, nothing... I mean, this looks pretty similar to a lot of the lists we've seen doing well. Ryan Harris recently getting top eight with it. Yep. I yep, don't that, think... It almost play... feels like... Go ahead. I don't feel
1: like this list is like kind of fleshed out at this point. Like, you got 2-2 Tutu Umbreon, 2-2 Tutu a lot of Arceus. Luminian, Alakazam, Halucha. The, th- the one thing that I've seen me a different take on is like Colverse versus Research Count. Everyone plays the Karen's Conviction and Volo for the most part seems a double choice belt. Um... And then the adventures versus no adventures. I've seen both of those. Um, as well. adventures discovery is really good. I was playing an Arctina deck with four adventures in it over the researches. It, it felt pretty good. Like I
0: don't know, <laughs> adventures discovery you like, what you need. I like, you yeah. sort of, like
1: Starbirth for adventures discovery. Like that felt feels really clean. Um, so. I mean, in,
0: in a deck like this where you have literally what seven different possible targets for the yep. discovery, right? And you might want to have. Arceus V Star, Doroute on V Max, and Umbreon V Max all in play at the same time. Yeah. Like it makes it does make sense. It definitely makes sense. And it's like you're not gonna, even though research is obviously one of the best cards in the history of the game, discard your hand, draw seven cards, incredible draw power. You're not likely to find three v pokemon outs necessarily off of that and if you are it's going to come at the cost of discarding other cards with ultra ball right or you know thinning down your hand a little lower than you maybe like otherwise or getting rid of resources i don't know so um yeah i mean i was kind of when i first saw this list uh nathan strafford i think top eight in portland with it um Adventure's discovery was one of the first things i was like yeah i don't know about this i want to try some researches and uh little dark fury actually got top 32 in hartford with researches and colris as the support instead of adventurous discovery but the more i've kind of just thought about it i think it probably does just make sense like i mean if there's a deck to play discovery in, it's probably this one or maybe a v union deck i guess but (laughs) it's probably just this one
1: yeah i think so i think i agree as well um yeah, I mean, I think I feel like this deck has almost become a staple, right? Like it just arc pile. Yeah, I mean, what's we'll called arc pile? This is the current take on arc pile. I could <laughs> see two arc piles being relevant in the meta. Um, but they yeah, had to close it out, we had another Lugia in there. And this is exactly the exact sixty. This is the Reagan sixty. We'll just yeah. call it whatever. Um, it's actually but... not because it's oh, not. Oh, it would be is... listed the same, right? What is different though? I looked at it.
0: What is the diff- four double turbo? Cut something for the fourth double yeah, turbo. The,
1: what was the cut for the fourth? I just like, saw <laughs> that, too. I'm tired yeah. of these four double turbos. Um Yeah, I don't know what the cut is there. I I looked at it. I was like, oh, yeah, this is... Oh, no penny, no penny, no penny. No penny, yeah. All right, one card different, one card different. And then uh, another cool deck, though. This is, like, a pretty diverse... Besides, well, there's two different builds of me, right? It's, like, a pretty relatively diverse top eight. I'd say so. Um it's like not bad right when you look at it it looks maybe a little bad because of the triple Mew, but there's at least two different styles of mu there but we had the uh the urshifu Inteleon. is this its first top eight for the urshifu Inteleon? i think we've seen so far this uh this meta i think so um, yeah
0: bubbled at euic right or was it just a natural 10th place it might have been remember. a bubble i don't remember exactly and actually um, this is interesting
1: because there's no lost box in the top eight there's no guardy either which i feel like are both matchups that the deck kind of plays pretty well into. The Arceus matchups, though, can't be terrible, right? Like, I mean... Gale yeah, we Gale actually Arceus. had
0: this matchup on stream. It was Arctura versus Urshifu, but the Urshifu player did not draw super well. Like, literally, it was it was just, like, a really clunky game one they lost pretty quick, and then <laughs> game two, they opened up, like, all three Intelli and VMAX in their opening hand or something ridiculous, if I remember right. So, um, yeah, we did have a our, our Arctura... Umbreon on against this and the arctor Umbreon did end up winning it was ryan harris i think uh who ended up winning in that one but mm-hmm. um it, might have, it seems like that could definitely be close though right like yeah i, I don't feel like arcs, it's definitely can, like know. i mean obviously Urshif like um obviously duraludon is solid against this right like skyscraper yeah no no but you have basic energies to attack They're it right there's yeah. other things you can attack um is it? yeah, it seems
1: cool because is one a k on anything. I mean, yeah, you have the, the Ursh is one KO on Arceus, but past that there's no one a KO's kind of happening. And also you can do like really cheesy uh, oh no, that's not true. Because no one in the no one with the arc drought on Umbreon deck plays Drapion, But I feel like moving forward, you'll probably want to include the Drapion so you have like a more aggressive early out. But you can use Drapion's can be pretty good against the Urshifu and Teleon deck because this is something I forget all the time. But Drapion reduces its attack cost against rapid strike, single strike. And fusion strike Pokemon, so i can kind of get in there against a couple different, uh, couple different types, a couple different strikes, I should say. <laughs> types um, strikes, we'll forget about that one, but um, this yeah, is it was cool. Deck. This
0: to me has felt like the coolest deck in the format, but it just is, it's just not smooth, Still not enough.
1: great, yeah.
0: It, it's just I feel like your lost box matchup is very good. And like you said, the Gardevoir matchup seems really good as well, just because you can be so aggressive so quickly. And like, there's pretty much always going to be something for you to yoga loop at some, <laughs> at some point. And yeah.
1: And once I actually go like for a Zasha one, a KO, you can like loop that and, or Alakazam yeah, around. They put so yeah. much
0: damage in play, right?
1: Yeah. They're helping you out
0: with that one, for but sure. the deck is, it does just feel really clunky. Um, yeah. You have just got strong, the double right? Drapion on in here for your Mew matchup, which is going to be enough sometimes like sometimes if you can just set up a board of like two octillery and then put a Drapion down and attack it like they can roxanne judge you whatever okay. it's like you all you need is Drapion because octillery can get you the stadium to bump the path right um it can get your Karinas to like draw cards or um i don't know it, it like that's pretty much all you need because you're gonna have the guaranteed path bump through the octillery right yeah yeah
1: definitely um yeah i think it covers most of the top eight then from uh lima is it lima it's, it's lima right yeah, lima, lima yeah perima um the next tournament we can talk about um in not quite in this format over in thailand they have like triple beat which doesn't add much to the format um but the third place deck does kind of change up a lot for that but we can talk about the, the two finalist decks first which were both arc piles we had arc dur Umbreon versus arc dur vulpix in the finals of the uh 500 person this is like effectively a regional i think thailand championships actually this might be effectively their national championship i think it is yes yeah so thailand uh you know national championships is that this is their big regional or region biggest their big tournament in the region is what what i'm trying to say (laughs) in thailand um yeah and uh two arc piles in the finals
0: yeah, the second one is really interesting. It's kind of similar to Alex Jomanski's deck, right? But we got a Galarian Zapdos V in there, maybe for the mirror match more than anything, right? Just something that now can kind of unexpectedly clear an Arceus out of play Yeah, if you're I... not playing around it.
1: Arceus is popular enough when you want this. That is a little bizarre to me. That's I mean, bizarre Arceus, me sure.
0: dude, Arceus is... Like, if you combine Arctina and... Um, Arc Duraladon, like looking at the Hartford results, it was the most popular deck in day two. If you combine just Arceus yeah, variants sure. in general, sure. so I mean, I don't think it's crazy to say that like Arceus decks in general will take up 20 over 20% of the meta, right? Um, like that's I think reasonable
1: yeah no uh yeah i, mean, I don't know, with mutex kind of making this resurgence i think we're just gonna May- drop off yeah, a little yeah. bit so, well this weekend so. but the for the weekend that this these tournaments were played like i I do agree i guess right like arcs been arc's been hype arcs been hot um i do think there was still an argument for even this weekend that eh, you maybe don't want to play the architect but i mean it worked out with them in the finals right and they they were playing um one of them was playing, and I don't even know what. Let me look at the list. The, the Vulpix list was playing the Drapion. The other list did not have any Drapion, so No. Did, uh, but did have the Rihon, which allows you to kind of make an Umbreon out of nowhere. Um, and then with a Choice Belt, that does win a KOMU V Max. So you do have something to kind of work with. And I can't just kind of pick off your Umbreons on the bench or your Pokemon in general and you not have a response. Wait, does it, am I
0: misremembering that. Umbreon second attack?
1: No, The um, well, you go put the V down, you make it a V Max. Does one sixty 60 minus 20 plus Choice Belt.
0: Oh, sure. So yeah, yeah, yeah. you're talking about the second attack. I have no have idea have I have Yeah, no idea. You have, yeah. You have yeah. to have like two B's down right away. I see. You. Yeah. I was like that I thought that I was like the second attack just does eighty damage, I'm pretty sure. So hey, it
1: does it does more though. What? If, if you have damage it? counters on it. Oh, how can we get damage counters on it? Is there uh, no way hound way? Houndoom. Oh we don't play that in here though. I was like, can no. we use Alakazam to move it? Like That's not how Alakazam works. No. <laughs> Maybe if
0: your opponent's not looking, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah, okay. Take a little bit. Can I have a little bit? I mean, they might be okay with it too. You're
0: like, can I use Alakazam? Can I just get a couple of your? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I get a couple of your. I don't know if they'd be against it. Use Alakazam to hypnotize your opponent to (laughs) allow you to place damage counters on, to to like break the rules of the game. Yeah, there you go. Optimal. Um, Yeah. um, Both of these lists have a couple like interesting things, but overall, like kind of what we've seen. There's an Avery in the Vulpix version of the deck um which is kind of an interesting against,
1: choice good against mew yeah strong against mew not bad against Guardian, of course as well right like turn two you can search out with star yeah. at their board plus play escape rope maybe that'd be like a pretty good combo stuff like that um but then but the, you were the, talking
0: about this third place list yeah, third
1: and fourth both lugias so we got a couple arctur's in the top the arctur's beating up on the Lugs here um and i think that makes sense because neither of the lugia list's played well one of them didn't play any out to Duraludon. No uh well one of them has Paths of the Peak. No Path, no single strike archie food. These are both the colorless takes on the deck. So they got the Weird Deer for the 1 AKO, the Snorlax for a, a decent single prize attacker. Um but yeah no way to actually deal with Duraludon. Besides one of them does play Paths of the Peak so you can go like Weird Ear plus Path 1 AKO. But then if they just respond, you're your weirder, you have no way to want to KO like the second Doraldon potentially. So no surprise that both of these uh probably lost to the Daraudons in,
0: <laughs> yeah. in the top fours. Yeah, that one definitely checks out. So th- this is a deck I'm uh I-, I think we're gonna see a bit more of. I think we'll see it Lugia moving away from the single strike, just kind of like from the results we've seen from Japan and here are these other um Asian countries, like, it just seems like this is going to become kind of the way to play Lugia, moving forward. Jet Energy, this new energy card coming out, which allows you, mm-hmm. when you attach it, to move a Pokemon from your bench into the active spot. Combos well with the Weird Ear. Like, as we'll mention, for anyone who doesn't know, it does 40 damage for each energy attached to it. And you can load a bunch of energies into play, obviously, with Archeops. Also combos well with the Snorlax, because, you know, Snorlax is a sleepy boy, puts himself down. Or puts himself to sleep not down right <laughs> and um you want to get bed. around that now there is something interesting here in this third place list sylvia v azul what the heck's going on here i don't it searches for an item card <laughs> yeah <laughs>
1: like, yeah it's like i could understand it maybe like you use it
0: yeah three choices one.
1: you get the ultra ball the ultra ball gets either the luminion for the Burnett or the lugia v star I guess if you have the bench space, right, you have so many less tech, you're not building up towards a single strike Urjifu. You don't have t Tars to put on your bench. So I guess I don't hate it. It seems off. It definitely seems off. I'm not a huge fan of it when I initially look at it. I'm actually surprised neither of them. And this is, pro- we do see the Dunsparce actually. Was Dunsparce in both lists? Dunsparce making a comeback maybe? No, just in one of the lists. Yeah, um, just in one. No Radiant Pokemon in one of the lists though, but then chose not to play the Radiant Charizard plus one Lumin- Luminous Energy, which feels off as well. Like that feels like it's just really powerful potentially mm-hmm. again um so yeah neither of them rocking the charizard luminous energy combo or only oh really, they don't have luxray reversal energies they don't have they're only have. they only have triple b that's like it's like hard to see them have new cards but not all the new cards it's like my brain's not quite yeah luminous you know, energy was in
0: triple b right
1: oh, reversal energy no luminous energy is yeah luminous uh, energy, yeah to be honest i don't know <laughs> i'm <think> pretty so. <laughs> i'm pretty sure it is
0: yeah i
1: think so so that would have um, been an option yeah i'm definitely not sold on the sylveon that seems a little bit too gimmicky but uh Colorless Lugia, cool to see a new take on Lugia, kind of doing well. um Is it?
0: Is it really more Lugia? Really?
1: Well, if it's not like broken, sure. Like, yeah, (laughs) like it's like I'm fine with. I'm fine with Lugia being good in this format. Just not. I just wasn't a big fan of it being good in the last format.
0: It and Arceus have that in common, right? The fact that they are colorless, um, and the fact that they like synergize, can synergize with so many different things, right? Like you can. You have tons of options when you're playing a Lugia deck. You have tons of options when you're playing an Arceus deck, and those are cards that will continue to evolve with the metagame and continue to evolve with new cards that come out as they are both, as long as they're both legal. Arceus maybe a little bit less so since there's no new Pokemon V being printed yeah, to like so can pair with it, I guess. But, yeah. but Lugia,
1: um, yeah, Lugia is always getting more Special Energy, right? So yeah, it, it can only get. What if we just get back to the exact same format like a year from now? They <laughs> print Lugia doesn't rotate. He doesn't rotate, so you know it's just waiting to like, stockpile those special energies over and over and over every every new set release. It's gonna be um, here
0: for a while. But yeah, let's look at these top eight lists now. We do have it. a lost box with Zapdos, Radiant, Charizard. So a Sabilize uh, Charizard deck. I was lo- looking for the Sabilize at first. This <laughs> deck layout is super weird. Oh. I yeah, they forgot like, to the like organize there on the <laughs> one mill tank in here, which is kind of interesting.
1: The hit and run, the Hatterene and the Reggie Lucky V. They can't hit and run into the middle tank.
0: Yeah, sure. So you can
1: sit there and attack. You literally can just attack with the middle tank eventually if they don't deal with it to get through the cleft keys.
0: Just scrolling through real quick to see what else there was. But yeah, Zapdos and Radiant Charizard. Um then we have another lost box. This one One Trekking Cheese. <laughs> I was gonna say, it looks yeah, this looks like Kyogre, but there's no Kyogre in here. It's just Where's Turbo, the... I guess, there's right? There's
1: no way the trekking shoes is better than a Poke Gear, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, if <laughs> you're gonna play why. a one-of-item like that, it's gotta be gear for sure.
1: Or third four Sealstone or something, because they're pretty invested into the um man. I really don't like these builds like this, but that don't have a, a Sky Seal Stone, man. Like the Mew matchup seems so obnoxious if you don't have Sky Sealstone or Kyogre. Like, I don't know. I'm not a big fan of the lack of it's like a more you're turbo based build sand. yeah, you're just gonna get rock sand. You don't have a like we saw it from uh Brennan uh cameraman got third at malmo they were playing that but they were going they were going more all out in the turbo sense so i i was like okay i can maybe get down with this a little bit more you know just set up all your v pokemon because they were playing dragonite raikou drapeon but they had two pokestop three trekking shoes three Lost vacuum they were just like we're just going and then i can be like okay maybe no sky Stone because we're just going to set up dragonite and raikou and drapeon and we're just going to try and go okay 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 like we're not we're just going to ignore the mu max until the drapeon maybe deals with it or something um when you're playing like a little bit little bit more reserved build, but not reserved enough where you're adding the Kyogre, um, you're in between. I feel like that's where the then we saw kind of like that's what Hedrick played to win Bogota special event. Um that's where like the the um sky seal Sun I think it fits super well. So yeah, I was kind of surprised to not see that in those type of builds because I feel like it, yeah, especially with how much me there isn't it, right? These days. So
0: yeah. We've got an arc here off. with the flying Pikachu as well um this feels Eek. like when people try to get the peak into a deck it, it's in arctina right now which is kind of interesting that that's like yeah. where it slots in most naturally like i mean this is not the first time i've seen arctina um pikachu right i mean i i don't really i don't know where we're going with this right
1: are we trying to help our lost box match up is that like the purpose of this that has to be it right but like yeah i feel like just like a second chance care be more consistent. Like the Lost Box matchup is where you can kind of give up on a little bit of consistency, I guess, of course, especially when you have like a powerful attacker like the Flying Pikachu. I guess the other argument for the Flying Pikachu is the Lugia matchup because Flying Pikachu is yeah, really good into Lugia. That's what I was just thinking. Yeah. Uh, when it KOs Lugia and then all the basic attackers the through V Guard so like energy, that.
0: right? Which Tina can't do.
1: Yeah, it KOs it through the V Guard energy. You get
0: choice belt, but.
1: So maybe that's like the reason to play the Flying Pikachu more so than anything is the, uh, the Lugia matchup more so than Lost Box matchup. And it's not bad in the Lost Box matchup, of course, right? But I just think like. Second Sharon's Care kind of fits it better. And then you don't like add a bunch of cards that make your deck clunky. But the Lugia matchup might make up for that, to be honest, overall. Uh, and it can actually be weirdly good against Guardi because you stop Zation as an attacker. So if you can, like, if they don't have the energy built up on Shiny Arcana yet to deal with your Pikachu, or you kind of pick it off, they actually can't deal with your Pikachu sometimes. So, like, Pikachu is like weirdly good against Guardi sometimes.
0: Sure. And speaking of slap Guardi, you with
1: uh, Guardi, though
0: yeah speaking of guardy that was the final list here from the top eight this looks pretty similar to towards euic deck yeah with just, just minus uh, research
1: sec- plus shiny arcana minus sky plus forest yep yeah, so another, oh but new Bosses orders artwork and i actually think i put out a tier list on twitter earlier <laughs> and that we got the we know the optimal artwork they know what's up optimal is the new gets of course in the non-hollow version that you get from the pre-release kit if you're running the hollow version it's still it's down there in like the meh or bad tier so um make sure you're rocking the i can't believe you guesses.
0: put i can't believe you put my boy lysander it just down doesn't I mean, do it,
1: it, it, it based on how it looks right so it's like
0: but it's lysander ones, you know he's the he's the og what does that mean he's what do the you mean og <laughs>
1: So why aren't you why aren't you playing like Charizard? Charizard's like the OG Pokemon. Why aren't all your Pokemon decks? Why aren't
0: you just playing Charizard? Because I don't <laughs> have the choice to play Charizard. <laughs> I do have the choice to play Lysander. I guess Giovanni is like the OG OG. Yeah, oh, okay. It's, it's a different type of OG. <laughs> Bosses Order is disgusting card. Gets this Gets this just feels out of place, man. Also, like I have no connect like the Gen 5 is the generation of the games that I like never played. So, and I know there's like some big time gen five apologists that are probably going to come for me over that one, but <laughs> I just, t- I don't care about gets man. I don't care about him. And I, mean, I don't care about like, why is them, his coat know. so big? Why is it? Yeah, that's true. Azul does, does not <laughs> care. He just reads the text. They could all be blank, to be honest. And that's, as long as they're, as long as he can read the text and they're not hollow, Azul does not care what the card looks like. <laughs> he doesn't I care what cool. Pokemon is on the card. He just cares about the, the the numbers and the words. I
1: did redo the tier list as far as artwork goes, and then both of the full art Getzis were uh, in the top two tiers, um, and no one else was in the top tiers because those are definitely the coolest looking cards for sure. Are the full art gets this or the full art alternate art, whatever. Um, those ones. Are, yeah. But so I definitely, I, I, you know, I have some opinion on the artwork of cards, but I'm just thinking optimal in terms of what I'm going to be playing at events most of the time. Um, but we're not going to be playing with that one for a little while until uh, what's it called is legal, but I'm excited for it. Yeah. Uh, but speaking then- of like next, next format, we do have the Taiwan championships. Once again, this is basically their big event. And this was 2,600 players, bro. Apparently, it's not just in Japan that they got, like, <sighs> insanely big tournaments. I mean, I think NAIC could have pushed for, like, 3K if we had. I We could have pushed for 3K for sure. But 2,600 player. Uh, day one was best of one, which was, of course, cringe. But um, it was pretty cool to watch the whole tournament kind of unfold. Day two. Uh, and then I did, like, Vaudevue top cut afterwards. And there was a Guardi Finals and Mirrors. Or, or Guardi Mirror and Finals.
0: Yeah, so this tournament had tons of the new cards lego the big ones being iono obviously iono was in a ton of these decks definitely going to be a meta defining card it's going to be super, super heavily rod. played uh super rod is another one that was in a ton of these decks and reversal energy as well so yeah as well you said you watched you watched. did you watch every stream game from the tournament or just about no i watched every day two and we, game
1: and what did i, I watch I watched all of day two Swiss and then I rewatched the top cut because it was like, it was like Swiss day two Swiss ended and then it was like 45 minutes later. I was like, they still hadn't started top cut. So I was like, okay, I got to get to bed. I'm gonna go to sleep. But I woke up the next day and rewatched those. I watched probably four or five rounds of day one. So was like nine rounds day one, only four rounds day two, but day two was best two out of three. It was a pretty interesting, it wasn't that many rounds for 2,600 players to be honest. Um, yeah yeah there wasn't that many rounds uh, but i when day one when day two started and it was nine zero versus nine i was like oh shoot they had a lot of players at this tournament there's two 9-0s playing against each other so um but i wasn't uh, i didn't know quite how many but yeah they had quite a bit
0: so there's a ton of uh gardevoir here up at the top yeah. you know in top eight and then also uh palkia chien pao which was um which is interesting to see right i think chien pao I think everyone looks at the card and kind of recognizes, like, the stats are good, right? This thing can do a lot of damage, and obviously it combos with Backscalibur. But the question just has to be, like, is having a medium HP 2-prize attacker, like, beat Stick Pokemon in the format, is that good enough, right? And Maridon was that, and the answer was no.
1: Yeah, I actually don't think it really changes. I know there's two of them here in top eight, but the top three decks are all Guard War. There's another Guard War. Half of Top Cut was Guard War, uh, and it really is just Beat Stick Jr., or senior. Uh, but I can't attack turn one, right? Like Maraidon can. So you're just eating the stick like turn one turn later than like Maraidon does. But like you make up for that, I guess, by having a little bit more versatility. Like you have the Palkia, which is a higher HP Pokemon. You can attack with Backscalibur as a one prizer. And then you have Greninja as well. So, so it, it did Constant still have
0: I haven't watched any of these games. They still did have Backscalibur in the deck. Oh yeah, was, yeah, 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 yeah. There yeah. was
1: yeah. They all had they couldn't get enough energy and play for the champion. Yeah, you uh,
0: okay. that makes sense. Yeah,
1: it wasn't just like yeah, Palkia early, clean up with backscalibur Yeah, they cut. They all played backscalibur Force appear, energy retrieval stuff like that. So the next cool, the next seems really cool. The way it kind of flows and plays seems really cool. We saw a lot of it on stream, but yeah, I don't think it's gonna be holding up to the King, which did take down the whole tournament, which is Guardy. Uh, and the list that won, uh, the second place list is a lot more interesting. But the list that won, pretty vanilla. It's just straightforward.
0: Yeah, it's got the 4 Iono in there and the 2 Reversal Energy for the big new cards. Also Superod. I think Superod is kind of like... um, Is secretly one of the biggest cards for this deck, right? Um... Having to play, uh, um, what's it called? Miriam to get back Pokemon right now. Dude, <laughs> so that bad. sucks. That's so <laughs> bad. So super odd, super big card for this to get back. Also mm-hmm. did play the Luxray. Is that something after watching the tournaments? I mean, is this Luxray going to be just kind of in a deck that plays reversal energy is this something people are just gonna be playing yeah i
1: mean it's it's in the lugia builds it's it's in the Guardi builds both Guardi builds i don't know i don't think we have the the list for the third place oh no we do have the list of the third place so so i can peep that right now did they have the luxury but yeah like uh it seems pretty good oh there was not the luxury in the third place build but yeah it seems pretty good like there was two reversal energy in this build so you can hit that much harder with the shiny arcana um you have the luxury to respond to lugia early on which i think is like its biggest strength it uh, gives you kind of like another out, the Lugia. And for anyone who doesn't know what the card does, if you're behind on prize cards, you can put it directly in play. That does 180 for Lightning, Colos, Colos. And to reversal energy, when you're behind, provides triple uh, rainbow energy to any uh, evo- evolution Pokemon, but not an... Ev- so Luxury not an evolved Pokemon because it didn't yeah. evolve to get into play, but it is still an evolution Pokemon. Um, so you can attach a reversal to it, do 180 with it, early turns, um, after your opponent like takes the first knockout so yeah i think i think we will see a decent amount of in like guardian stuff like it seems pretty powerful like a pretty good option
0: definitely and then we do have the second place list which you said is more interesting it does have mewtwo v union it's also got the new artisan stadium it's got the gallade with the Blade attack doing more damage for each pokemon v in play so uh buddy um, catch gallade too what's up oh and the buddy catch yeah i didn't even yeah. see that at first and it's got the duplicates the water duplicates are the mirage step Curlia in here
1: yeah so it's super it's it's more of like a comeback build like the point is to make comebacks right
0: so there's no you're... vip pass and no yeah. fog crystal no fog crystal is kind of wild
1: it is actually i didn't even realize that that is kind of wild um but you're definitely you're definitely down to go behind in prize cards. you're not trying to be the aggressor you play for reversal energy so you're trying to let your opponent cook initially and then slowly make your way at your comeback. Like the Glade with the Buddy Catch, it does one sixty, and then you can move the energy to the bench. You get, those obviously, those huge hits with the Shiny Arcana. Luxray into certain matchups is very strong as well. Palkia, Lugia, one of KOs. The Gallade is fighting type, so I guess it's pretty good against Arceus, decks.
0: yeah. Yeah, if they have and three Pokemon in you... B <laughs> in play, yeah.
1: Um, And then you do have the... You still have a Guardi EX in here to go for big load-ups on the... Shiny Arcana Guard War or even the Mewtwo V Union, but you actually don't need it because once you deck yourself out, you have Super rod to recover psychic energy now. So you can just like deck yourself out, Super rod recover two psychics, put Mewtwo V Union and play attaching Mewtwo V Union, Shiny Arcana to me Mewtwo V Union, Roxanne Path. Wait, there's no Roxanne in this world. Iono Path. That's right. You don't need Roxanne. Yeah, anymore. who needs that Iono. Roxanne? <laughs> Iono Path and then attack with Mewtwo V Union, right? So it's like a comeback build that you don't even need the Guard EX for because the Shiny Arcana, like I said, once you deck yourself out, Shiny Arcane is guaranteed double energy with Super Rod now. So, Super Rod, I think, I feel like is like a little bit of a not sleeper card,
0: but underappreciated how how much better it makes guard for. I mean, yeah, this is. I I think it's less exciting or people are talking about it less because it's a reprint, right? We've had this card multiple times. Everyone just kind of knows it's a good card. But, like, I think, especially now with like the up to stipulation on there, Super Rod is probably just better than Ordinary Rod, to be honest. Um. I actually like in actually. those instances where it's like, yeah, I'm just gonna throw three psychic energy back into the deck yeah
1: I think it's cl- let's close that extra card can be a big difference of four cards versus three of course I and mean, we I would say there may be both like just s tier Pokemon recovery cards and Super rod did fair. gain the up two um that ordinary rod had as well um so it, it now has the up two so you, if you have three Pokemon energy just card probably you could just take like one Pokemon if you wanted to whereas in the past you had to take three if there was three.
0: And this is actually um, like the fifth time that Super has been printed. Yeah, Night Maintenance. Super right?
1: Rod. Yeah. Now it is just Super odd seems like the one they're going to go with if they ever reprint it again. That's also like
0: gonna... fun fact. This was a point of discussion this week because like the uh, updated rules and Erratas and stuff came out for um, the new set because pre releases were this past weekend. Oh, by the way, I didn't. I meant to mention this in the intro, but I played in a pre release this weekend. And it was actually a lot of fun. You win i did well i went 3-0 they actually didn't post the <laughs> final standing so i don't know if i won or not i can you go get look anything my... for doing well no so some anymore? stores will do like extra packs and stuff for people who win and some stores just give everyone an extra three packs after the tournament's over. Oh, okay and that's what the store did they just give everyone three packs no matter how well you did which you know i think i'm fine with overall um i thought my deck sucked by the way at first i opened up my <laughs> packs i got a copper raja ex but i didn't pull a q font I couldn't play my Caporaja EX. I basically was just how would anyone
1: KO that if you could,
0: (laughs) dude? I know. I was ready to sweep. I also got an Earthworm out of my packs too, so I was gonna have that guy in there, which has like 200 HP effectively if you get some metal energy on it. I was ready to cook, but I basically just had to play my kit, which was Backscalibur, or uh, my kit was the Tinkaton, which I thought was good. Um, but it was paired with Backscalibur, so there was, like, no synergy. My Pokemon search was one Great Ball and one Nest Ball, so I, like, never set up any of my evolutions. I did pull two pin curtain from my packs which was low-key the mvp i added a couple lightning energies the pin curtain. i didn't mean to go this deep into like the pre-release you know <laughs> meta right here but the pin curtain does 20 flip a coin if heads paralyze and then its second attack both of these attacks are for one lightning energy the second attack does 100 damage for one if you use the other attack the last uh. time but Here's the math works out perfectly for the pre-release meta because there's a low kicks that does 130 damage the turn it evolves from Nimble. So it does, it's like for a grass, it does 30 and then 100 more if it evolved, which KOs a bunch of stuff in the pre-release format, but it has 120 HP. So you go, boom, have a chance to paralyze. Its second attack only does 70 damage, so they're not KOing your pink urchin anyway. And if you don't paralyze them, they can attack you for 70. You knock them out. Or if they you do paralyze them, you guarantee knock them out the next turn. So there's a prize there. It also is good against the Water pal Dan toros, which was in the kits. I had the strats lined up. Somehow found a way to win, <laughs> even though my kit was garbage. Absolute garbage. Heard it anyway, here first. Pinchurchin, Pinchurchin <laughs> carries
1: in the pre-releases. Um, so we don't have all the lists for the top eights. Uh, we've got a couple other Guard Vore lists that are... Pretty vanilla, a little bit more aggressive. The third place list for rare candy, um, only the one reversal energy, so kind of like a little bit less evolved, it feels like, than some of the other builds. Um, but not too much to really uh look at there besides that. And then there was another guard list, uh, once again, kind of the same, uh, same deal, not too much different here as well. I mean, it's got two rare candy, it does have an Avery in there, which seems I don't know where's that coming up, I don't know where that's really making a big uh mirror big difference mirror maybe you
0: oh sure. were they able to play <clears throat> different decks day one to day two?
1: Oh no no no, that's just a, uh, that's another list that was um that's the lugia list that got ninth
0: oh okay
1: wait wait maybe it you're right day
0: one nine oh with strike lugia Day two, one hundred and three. With Gardevoir EX ranked seven into top cut, final top eight.
1: Oh wait, actually, you might be right. They might be able to switch decks. We haven't been able to. I haven't seen. We haven't seen that in a while. Interesting. Oh,
0: doesn't say That's... it here on Pokestats. Yeah. Someone let us know.
1: Maybe they just decided to play a different deck, and they were just like the cheating deck. Week to week cheating continues. The player switches decks and boasts about it on Twitter. <laughs> um. Yeah. Actually, that'd be interesting to know if anyone in, in uh, who's listening knows were they able to switch decks day one to day two uh yeah. or translate that tweet see what they uh see what this tweet said well no 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 this or one, is the this same this is all they say no, no no translate this tweet
0: 2400 people use the deck one hit lugia day two pumpkin for oh see day two pumpkin for collapse
1: oh so they did make a, a, a deck adjustment yeah yeah so it looks like you were able to change like anything you wanted to like and they only what do you think of that
0: format so you competed in regionals back whenever i never played in a regionals where um you could play day one standard day two was expanded back then the card pool was pretty small you basically were adding like four sets to the expanded card pool, right so it really didn't change too much um people pretty much always played the same deck maybe with one or two updates from the old card pool, but it really wasn't too much. So uh, I don't know. What are your thoughts on just kind of that format in general? Do you like that being able, we, we get that, I guess a little bit with worlds, right? Where day one to day two, people are allowed to change their decks, but yeah, that really just, th- that feels like just two whole separate tournaments, right? Because you're starting yeah, over definitely. day two, um, as opposed to like keeping your record of match points from day one. What do you think?
1: I mean, I definitely wouldn't be against it, to be honest. Um, Definitely not against the idea of of making that adjustment and like having yeah, if you go into the D you can just switch up whatever you want. I don't think I don't think many people would, right? Um but you'd have a little bit better read on the meta. It's not a full read on the meta and can kind of adjust from there. But of course everyone can adjust from there, right? So also, sometimes
0: um, you like have a cool uh, deck idea in the last few hours leading up, and you like are like, "All right, yeah, we're playing this deck," and you play the deck, and you realize during the tournament, "Oh, this would be better if this was this," or like, "This was a little." You would be able to Let's evolve
1: undercooked decks a lot. Yeah, I kind of don't like it though because then it kind of negates the potential for a really good meta call initially or a really cool deck. Right? Someone sure. just has a really cool deck. Like Sander would just get cooked. Right? Sander goes into day two at eight and one. It's like, okay, I'm teching for Sander. Like. I don't actually. The more I think about it, the more I don't like it. Right. Also,
0: like you could know, like if there's only one person who's eight oh one and one person who's nine oh, you know you're gonna play oh, each other yeah. round one, right? <laughs> oh
1: yeah. Cancel this. Cancel this. We're not doing this.
0: You can hard yeah, tech it. for what you know the other person is playing, so you get a free win in the first round.
1: Definitely not doing that. Yeah, we're chalking that idea. Don't. But if TPCI does listen to these podcasts, they might take it and use that idea now. Don't do it. Please. <laughs> Um. All right, so I think that covers the results from uh from the tournament. 2,600 players. Really cool to see. The Pokemon's huge, man. Pokemon yeah. is huge. It's international. Everyone's playing it. We it's need not going anywhere, Andrew, though. We need some bigger events. Not just NA. I think uh in the western half of the world, we need some bigger venues for EUIC and NAIC. It would be really cool to see us match those numbers at our biggest events, which are those two events, of course, UIC and NAIC. And even LAIC gets pretty big, not quite as big. But, um, you know, they're, they're, they'll they're be close behind. You know, they're not far behind. So really hoping for some bigger, bigger caps. We talked about that a little bit on the last episode. I don't think that, I don't think DPC is doing a terrible spot. I think they're doing a lot of terrible things that, you know, in general in the Pokemon DCG. I don't think they're doing a terrible, uh, doing terribly, though, in the terms of Pokemon... Uh, events but let's go ahead and let's talk about some of these new 151 cards
0: yeah so a bunch of cards were revealed over the past week or so and there's really nothing super exciting here we were scrolling through the Poker beach translations and it's just like there's like the farfetch literally has a collect attack and then an attack that does 30 damage, you know. It's like... got its
1: own article though on Pokeb. <laughs> it's got yeah, its, its own let's literally go, farfetched its And I have to
0: imagine it's because they're just like sp- sporadically yeah. releasing these cards, right? So it's just as they're coming in, they're getting released. But yeah, yeah. um one that we both thought was kind of interesting that we want to talk about was the Gengar. It's got Poltergeist, kind of classic Gengar attack at this point. 50 damage for each trainer in your opponent's hand. Note, it does say trainer, not item, not supporter state. Very so, it, like, it counts everything. And the Haunter has kind of an interesting ability, Lost Soul Return. When you play this card from your hands to evolve a Pokemon, you may choose a supporter card from your opponent's discard pile and put it into their hand.
1: Yeah, so I think there's, like, a, I mean, it's kind of cool. It's kind of a cool build uh you could make with Gengar I mean we saw uh Gengar Mimikyu uh being a cool deck for a little while with the Omastar um, I don't know if I cool. would call
0: it a cool deck bro well
1: with the Omastar it was cool yeah would like, you added it to Shadow Rider that wasn't as cool <laughs> no one was yeah. having fun with, with Revenant Dusk and expanded yeah oh yeah Trev Noren expanded well, no but star Gengar Mimikyu that was a cool deck wasn't great um, but yeah, I thought this was a cool one for sure. And I think the Haunter, maybe there'll be some other Pokemon at some point that can abuse the Haunter a little bit better by adding the the cards. Uh, it is, you specifically have to take a supporter and give it to them. But uh, in the future, we might see something that is uh, that is able to utilize it, maybe even a little bit better than the Gengar. But, the, but I thought it was cool. I thought those ones were cool. But uh, there is kind of a potential powerhouse uh, that was revealed as well in the, uh, uh, the Wiggly... Wiggly Tuff? Wiggly, Wiggly Tuff, Tough. Yeah. it's got the 250 hp but the uh, ability if you have a special energy attached to it i suppose 100 hp that's 350 hp that's a lot of hp on a two prize stage one that's just a lot of hp kind of mentioned this with the charizard x eventually when the stats get so high it doesn't matter if the rest of the card feels derpy because like the attack is what 90 plus 90 for three colors if you play the supporter doing 180 damage is not all that ridiculously good. But when you back that up with 350 HP, I think there's some possibilities for this card for sure.
0: Yeah, and the fact that you've got a little bit of energy acceleration potentially built in with a card that's coming out in our next set... A different wiggly tough so Another this is actually tough. something kind of cool that you get whenever you have evolving ultra rares right evolving EXs. We, when we see this already with gardevoir right the gardevoir ex decks are playing the other gardevoir they're playing gallade sometimes you get to do a lot more cool things in the deck building process and that is true here with wiggly ex because in Paldea evolved there's this wiggly tough which has the balloon therapy ability once during your turn you may attach a therapeutic Car, energy card from your hand to one of your pokemon so you get a little bit of energy acceleration so you attach double turbo for a turn use the other Wigglytuff to therapeutic energy attach one more therapeutic energy just uh lets a pokemon recover from special conditions and it also can't be affected by special conditions um but in this instance it's really mostly just to accelerate energy right and yeah. um Yeah, and you're hitting for a really energy-efficient and really damage-efficient 180 damage every single turn. Yeah,
1: And you back that up, yeah, with the 350 HP, you are weak to fighting, but fighting's like not... Eh, it's kind of whatever right now. Bro, we got Dunsparce, Um, too. Got Dunsparce. Dunsparce is still around. I hate that card so much, but yeah, we still have it. Yeah, so Wiggly and Wiggly might be able to make some moves here when they uh, release the 151, but we have no idea when we're getting the 151. I think it's sometime in July for uh or they already they don't have it over in japan because we don't have the full reveal yet so we don't we'd have the full yeah. reveal if we did um but i guess sometimes in, in july that japan is getting the 151 we have no clue when it's making its way we don't even know what the set's going to be
0: called over here
1: it should just be called the 151 or like i pokemon... can't imagine
0: they're going with the set name pokemon card 151
1: oh no it'll call it like maybe pokemon original or something something like that yeah, right like, that's yeah. way better
0: pokemon original
1: yeah i don't know pokemon OG. Yeah, Pokemon card 151 doesn't make a whole ton of sense. I agree. But yeah, (laughs) they'll give us some kind of a, a different name. But yeah, not too much to talk about as far as the new cards.
0: Yeah, sadly, nothing super exciting. Hopefully, in the last few reveals that are upcoming, we'll see something cool. But with that being said, we can move on to the next segment of the podcast. Before we get to guess that flavor text, we do need to take a moment and thank our sponsor, Dragon Shield. Huge thanks as always to Dragon Shield for being a sponsor of the Uncommon Energy podcast. Dragon Shield makes some of the best card gaming and tabletop gaming products and accessories on the market, including sleeves, binders, deck boxes, and so much more. I did rock... I uh, actually have my pre-release deck right here. I believe these are the Lagoon Dual Mats that I used at my pre-release this past weekend. Feels pretty good. And uh, I'm going to be rocking... I'm not sure what color yet, but I got to decide. I got... I, I'm going to figure i might just go with the classic black mats for milwaukee this weekend but i've got a few colors to choose from as well
1: yeah i still got some of the turquoises so i think i'm gonna rock it run it back with the the turquoises that i ran at hartford but yeah big shout out as always to dragon shield for being a sponsor of the podcast and as always you can find them over at dragonshieldcom webshop slash slash u s or eu depending on where you're based and of course they're pretty much available everywhere else besides that walmart amazon local game stores find them there um yeah be sure to check them out and uh appreciate uh, appreciate them supporting us as always and with that uh got guess that flavor text my turn to pick chip is up only by three points now so is that
0: right oh no, yeah four yeah, points yeah. wait no, did it- i get a point you didn't get a point no you didn't get a point
1: chip is still up by four points Let's get <laughs> i it. thought i did yeah, but we've had a little bit of a, uh, it's been a little bit stale for a little while. Like, I mean, or it's been a little bit of a stalemate. Like, no one's been gaining or gaining points. I was going to say losing
0: points. I'm I pretty sure my four-point score was literally, like, three weeks ago. Yes, that's quite a while. <laughs> that's that a three month. episodes.
1: Um, But it's my turn to pick for Chip. The way it works is I'll, one of us will read the flavor text on a card, and then it's up to the other host to try and guess what Pokemon that, that flavor text belongs to. And there's three lifelines that you can use. If you use no lifelines and guess the card correctly, you get four points for each lifeline you use. Minus one point. What set the card is from? What stage the card is? Read an attack name. Chip, are you ready for this week's flavor text?
0: Let's get it. Come on, Azul. Give it to me. Eight points up. Here we go. Because
1: it is very proud, it hates accepting food from people. It's thick down, guards it from the cold.
0: It's thick down, guards it from the cold? Yeah. Very proud. Okay, so I'm pretty sure isn't like a down that's like the like that's like the chest feathers of a bird i think i want to say and it's a very proud pokemon so a proud bird is kind of what i'm leaning towards and not accepting food so that makes me think of like a city bird or something like that didn't we just have p-dub as a guess yeah that was last (laughs) week and you like didn't get it it's not going to be p-dub that doesn't have a thick down i don't think I don't think and also P Dove is dumb. It's definitely not proud. Um oh yeah. I'm huh? <laughs> you're just hating on P <laughs> Bro, P Dove, you look at those eyes, there is nothing going on between those two eyes. Not a thing at all, not a thought in the world. Um, yeah, so I'm definitely Bro, thinking some sort of bird. I'm trying to think of How does you pay P-dub? proud. Could it be Mandibuzz. Mandibuzz has a thick down. I also could like be misremembering what a down of a bird is. And I also could just be completely wrong. And it's not a bird, but I'm pretty sure like a down of a bird is like the the like thick feathers around its neck. Could be totally wrong. But Mandibuzz, Mandibuzz is down, do be thick. Um <laughs> uh man, I might have to use a lifeline here. Let me start... Mandibuzz is kind of what I'm leaning towards right now, but I don't think that it's... This doesn't seem very fitting, because I don't think Mandibuzz is a Pokemon that would be in a situation where it could accept food from a person. Let me use a... Um, what stage the card is, Lifeline. It is a basic... All right, so definitely not buzz, Volibee does not have much of a down. What is an attack name? Give me an attack name. Wave Splash. All right, well... Is it Ducklet?
1: No, it is okay. not. Dude, I thought... I like said this, and then you knew what a down was, and I was like, "I don't know what this is."
0: It is. <laughs> and this will make will wait, make wait, wait. Use the use the last lifeline for anyone. Last playing Last lifeline is breakthrough. All right. Oh, is it? You'll
1: get it when I tell you what it is. For
0: no, sure. is it star? Is it Starly? No, no, wave splash. Wave splash is a water flying. Is it Wingo?
1: I think like it's a it's a kind of bird, but it's not. It's not a flying
0: pokemon
1: yeah it doesn't I, they don't usually fly. they can't fly They can flap what break up <laughs> hip up
0: yeah
1: mm. and when you think of empoleon emperor pokemon um very proud, proud yeah, yeah. yeah. i thought you were gonna get it when you got the the thick down i was like who i didn't even know what that was i just assumed that meant it's like coat um,
0: I like which... wasn't 100% sure that's what it was, but <laughs> I was right, apparently.
1: Yeah, dang, yeah. I mean, you had to have like heard that on some kind of like Discovery Channel show yeah. at some point, and just like uh, it stuck. And then you just listen, like, bro. I was a boy scout,
0: it. I probably had the birding merit badge at some point <laughs> or something like that. Did you guys discuss thick downs when you were like in the
1: freaking <laughs> <laughs> boy scout, Eagle Scout? What the heck, man? Not All an right.
0: Eagle Scout, not an Eagle Scout. What is the difference? I did did not finish. Well, Eagle Scout is like you reached the highest level of scouting. Uh, I was like basically there. I really wish I had just finished it. And it's kind of sad, too, because my dad was an Eagle Scout and my granddad was an Eagle Scout. No. And I just didn't finish it because I was in high school. I turned 16. I got a car and a girlfriend and had better things to do on a Tuesday night than go to Boy Scouts.
1: All right. So so what does that mean (laughs) for little Chip? Eagle Scout. I mean if
0: he's interested in it I I think like they teach you a lot of good values and like out I think having those I don't skills I know how to tie knots so yeah yeah I do know how to tie some knots okay I can start a <laughs> fire you know camping we're good to go fishing all that stuff I think those are good useful life skills so I I mean yeah. like I, I I'm not opposed to putting him in scouting but also like we might just go camping and he'll learn it from from me so
1: Honorary Eagle Scout from Chip <laughs> the Boy Scout there you go okay okay teach him what a thick down is i guess on a bird <laughs> to know that at the very least i guess so you yeah. can take that that knowledge with him um all right well we got some we talked about a lot of events that happened this weekend there's a lot of events coming up though this next weekend we're going to be both in milwaukee and there's also santiago regionals over in chile and then torino special event over in italy um and these these uh i i, I it feels weird to say was what I was gonna say like Special events, it feels weird to call Europe's special events special events because I feel like that does kind of put a little bit of a an asterisk on the event, but they're definitely less competitive events just based on the number of players. I know, but European special events, like as far as major events go, if you count regionals as major events, European special events are definitely major events because there's like 800 people at these things. I expect this one to be pretty similar. I don't know. It's in Italy. I don't know how easy it is to travel there, but so far, I mean, the European one in Sweden has been huge
0: two weeks ago was just under 500 so like but that's that was a regional that's true well yeah i guess you
1: were talking about oh, it, like, it was as european, regional, events, yeah. european events european yeah. events in general i guess um but yeah like their last special event had like 800 people or something so um yeah i don't think quite it quite puts an asterisk on the event but it definitely is one of those things like oh it's a special event you know but um yeah but All utrecht right. had yeah, 700 players so
0: So we're looking at the results of the last three tournaments. I mean, this is always what you're doing, going into a major tournament when you're trying to metagame. You're looking at the past results and wondering what you're expecting to play against based on what has done well. You look at the last three tournaments over on Limitless. You're seeing Fusion Mew has won the last three tournaments. So (laughs) Azul, round one, you sit down in Milwaukee. Your opponent flips over a Genesect. What percent probably. chance are you giving that they're playing fusion mew, and what percent chance are you giving that they're playing double turbo mew? Now, I think I did ask you this last week, but I ha- wonder if your opinion or thought has maybe changed since then.
1: Um, I think it's probably like 50 50 right now. That's that'd be my like current prediction of it. Maybe it would change a little as we get a little bit closer to the event, but I think it would change in terms of maybe more likely to be fusion mew. But yeah, I would definitely play as if it was fusion mew until I know it's not for sure. So, yeah, in that situation, it's like. You play as if it could be Fusion Mew, because like sure. Fusion Mew is the deck that adds like something else to their turn to begin with, right? Like if you go up against Double Turbo Mew and you go first, you're like, oh well, I mean I don't really care what they do. I will maybe prep for Path, getting Path, but with Fusion Mew, you have to prep for getting Turn One KO, right? So I would definitely play as if my opponent was playing Fusion Mew if I was going first against a Mew or Genesect flip on that on that first round or 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 in any yeah. round. You the should term. play maybe, as
0: careful, basically yeah. playing around what is. At some points, you have to play around what's most likely, but also generally, especially in this situation early on, uh, like in a t- like game one of a set. Right. You just want to play around every you want to play as carefully as possible. Right. Not put yeah, yourself for in a the situation where
1: um, you get big punish because you only put down one Lugia V or something.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. Play as if that Lugia V could get KO'd if it's like in your active or something. Go get a second Lugia V, whatever it might be um yeah definitely uh until you figure out what they're playing or as the tournament develops you might just see dte muse rise to the top going into day two right it could be like a 70 now split or
0: something say you're sitting down across from someone who you know has like done really well with dte muse like say you sit down across from um like luke smith or sashi the two players who got top eight at the last tournament with dte muse are you assuming they're playing dte muse again as well there um Cause that's also another element to it, right? Yeah. Like, the Player themselves, who the player that's is, t- like especially
1: if they, I mean, if there are like a quote unquote Mew player, which Luke definitely is, um, but they played both builds, so I would say still probably assume that they could be playing that the fusion for sure. Yeah, you have a little bit better read on there. Where it's like maybe they're, they're they're maybe not, but if they're if they if they're kind of like known as a Mew player, then they're definitely gonna go try out fusion again themselves. Right? Like, hmm, maybe there's something to this fusion shenanigans going on here, right? Um, and I know Luke plays a lot of Mew. So, like, like if I know, have I any extra intel on them like that, then I would say um, lean lean towards them being the uh, potentially the fusion build as well. Yeah, yeah, just like, yeah, just assume it could be the fusion build.
0: So, say you've, you're someone who's been playing mostly double turbo Mew, because let's be real, if you're playing Mew in this format, that's what mostly people have been playing at this point, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. You see that Fusion Mew has done so well, it's won three majors in a row. What what is the upside here? Why is it the fusion mew is the one that's doing better? Like I think as a whole, Mew is doing pretty good because Arceus decks are on the rise. Mew has always had a pretty good Arceus matchup. Mew can beat the Lost Box decks. I do think that Lost Box is favored against Mew, but Judge Path is pretty strong, right? And then also your Lugia matchup is probably okay. Um
1: I think and it's, I think and it's you're just those, a powerful
0: like, deck. You're just a powerful. Yeah, you're deck.
1: powerful no matter what. I mean, I think I think like we said with like the hybrid build, you're kind of getting best of both worlds: powerful turn one attacks going second, um, the potential for quad fusion energy for big one of KOs, uh, as well as the disruption of the judge post path. And I think it is that. Yeah, I think with the fusion build, your Lugia matchup is favorable, um, as well as your Arceus matchups. And I think that's like where the power of it kind of comes from. Like we mentioned, twenty four percent of day two was Arceus decks at Hartford, uh, um, and like. Lost box, even though you are generally favored against Mew, uh, it's a tough deck to play, right? So Mew, like if you just pair up two average players against each other, that matchup is probably getting close to 50-50, or maybe you could even call it slightly Mew favored, right? Like one sure. of the decks is definitely a little bit easier to play than the other. So it's yeah, gonna come that's... out on top. As far as like results in today, too,
0: that's gonna affect it for sure. Definitely a factor for sure because like it's easy to put yourself in a position. I know this because I've done it right. or I'm like, I remember at um <laughs> at Arlington, you know, like I I tested Kyogre right before the tournament. Um, but like it was my first time, like really in like a competitive setting playing the deck, and I had hit like three Mews on the day, and I had beaten all of them. But I remember talking to Caleb. I think it was during the lunch break and being like, "Yeah, dude, I've just been like, um." And I remembered in one of my games, it was like against Fusion Mew as well. I just like turn one Drapion for two prizes and then they didn't have Lost City. So I just got it back and did it again. And then I got Roxanne <laughs> and drew enough to just get it back and do it again. And I, I told Caleb like, Oh yeah, dude, the Mew matchup feels so easy, and he was like, "Yeah, I probably would not be playing it like that." <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, you definitely want to not get Roxanne. That's like step one, and the that's like the advantage of playing the guy. Yeah, yeah. Don't get Roxanne. Oops. Um, but yeah, I think Mew's gonna be pretty popular this weekend, right? It might. I think it's gonna break out of its twelve percent, ten to twelve percent range. It'll probably get close to that 14-16 uh, that we saw it get up to a little bit a couple times last format. Um, it'll be around there, I think. I think it'll be pretty popular. It'll be, it'll definitely be competing against Lugia for second most play because I do think Lost Box will still probably hold that most play, but it could be close to be honest between those three Mew, Lugia. We could just see a bunch of 16 to 18 percenters up there. Mew, yeah, Lugia, it might Box. look
0: more like what the meta looked like in the Lost Origin format, right? I remember I looked back recently at the meta chart. For... be like uh, 20% of the <laughs> <laughs> no, but I looked back at that meta chart from I think it was. Uh, not Baltimore, what was that? Peoria regionals, I think it was. And um it was like the most played deck was 16%. It was like 16, yeah. 14, 12, 12. Like that's what a fun meta looks like, man. Whenever it's more diverse, you could sit down across from anything the next round, right? Um, I think that that type of meta is really enjoyable. It does make yeah. it a little harder to like find something to counter the meta, like a, a good true anti meta yeah. strategy which oh, to be a bunch of 12 percenters yeah yeah all which is tough percenters. to do yeah um, um but you mentioned lost box chance it goes down and play a little bit maybe maybe it's so. not the top spot i think it is probably going to be close between the three arceus decks Mew decks and um the lost box but which lost box version i mean i think everyone knows that you're <laughs> partial to kyogre right <laughs> But maybe let's just talk through like the pros and cons of each, right? So the I, it feels like there's kind of four main ways people are approaching Lostbox right now. It's the Turbo build, it's the Sky Seal Stone build, it's Kyogre, and then Sablezard, Kind of just as an outlier, a little bit different pros and cons yeah. of each one of them, and maybe just why it's been Kyogre for you these last couple tournaments.
1: Um, I think. Well, I, I just feel Kyogre gives you just the better matchup spread for sure. Um which gives you a better old matchup spread. I think you could maybe argue like Sky Sealstone build has a better Mew matchup, but that'd be like kind of it. But with Melweta coming back into the mix and them, them attacking with Deoxys early, I don't even know if that's true anymore. Uh, if you're going turbo, I think you're going all out. I think you look at uh, Brennan, Cameraman's List, and you're, you're mm-hmm. doing something like that. Pokey Stops and Trekking Shoes and like just send it. I would maybe play, especially with the Rise of Mew, I would maybe cut something for a Sky Sealstone still um, to give you that a little bit of a, potential play against the Mew matchup and the Lugia matchup. That's maybe the only thing I would adjust here from uh, Brighton's list would be maybe getting a Sky Sealstone in there because I feel like it is really powerful in the Lugia and the Mew matchups. But I think you should be shipping it. I think like the kind of the the in-between Sky Sealstone build that we kind of saw that uh, Hedrick took down Bogota with, uh, I don't really like that build anymore. Or like the ones where it's like kind of, uh, they don't even have the Sky Sealstone in there, but it's just like the, the initial builds of Turbo that we kind of saw. I think you should be playing Kyogre or you should be playing all out turbo, kind of like Brennan, between those two builds. And I think Sky Seal does fit in there sometimes in certain lists. Something like this, I could see being okay, but I feel like the Sky Seal advantage that you get in the Mew and the Lugia matchup, you have a, a higher win percentage with Kyogre. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It, it feels like if you're not, go, you should be going all out turbo or playing Kyogre. It feels like, and I, I don't think Sable Zard has, has any room in the meta anymore. Um, yeah. because the Lugia matchup is just too tough for that deck, and everyone has the Penny or the Thor in. But if they cut him, get that Mawile combo back in there, and you could be cooking.
0: Yeah, so you played Sablezard with the Mawile at EUIC, but just the way the meta is shifted right now, maybe there's a tournament in the future where it's better, right? Where you can get the yeah. Mawile combo in there. It's probably not this weekend, right?
1: It's we're getting there. We saw like no pennies in the two lit top eight lists at Lima. I think there was no, there's not a penny in one of. I don't think there was a penny in either of them.
0: Dude, I so. just know for sure if I, I'm just assuming Reagan is gonna roll up with Lugia again, right? <laughs> but I know for sure Another if he's rolling eight. up with Lugia, he's going to have Penny in there. The penny seen- is so good outside of yeah, it's just good it's just really good in the deck it removes liabilities
1: you reset your urshifu when arceus decks bring it up and punch yep. it like it's just so strong in the deck i just would play it because it's such a good card it's also good against lost box like just remove damage from play liabilities you don't you, you're not gonna get cheesed by mawile wild as well like if anyone who still has my wild in their deck which is not many if any people like um yeah yeah i think the penny's a kind of a in there for sure
0: so that being said, you think Ogre's best, obviously. But which version is going to be most popular when people want to play Lost Box this weekend? Are they going to be gravitating towards Kyogre builds, or is Map maybe a little too daunting for some players?
1: I think it is daunting for some players, but still, I think Kyogre will be the most popular build. Like I think it will, maybe not by a lot. Like Turbo won't be too far behind, um, but I think Kyogre will be the most popular for sure. Whether it be the single prize build, which I'm still not a huge fan of, we saw uh <clears throat> raymond long get top eight with uh with like an Arcuno in there stonix as an attacker uh i don't know if they had the zation at hartford i'm gonna look that up right now because i'm curious but um yeah i think uh they had kyogre there so for sure so yeah i think you just like kyogre um will be the most popular definitely uh maybe not by a ton though maybe not by a ton
0: yeah so and then one last question about lost box we'll move on um as someone who's you know, you've played Kyogre a bunch, both this season and last season. Um, if someone's rolling up to this tournament and they've played Lost Box, but they're playing Kyogre for the first time, you got any tips or anything you'd give them compared to di- like how it differs from other Lost Boxes or maybe some note about the meta specifically?
1: Um, I mean, just, just, just general
0: gameplay with the deck.
1: Just don't tunnel vision on the Kyogre, but then don't tunnel vision on not using Kyogre, I guess, is like the biggest thing. Like you don't need Kyogre to win every game. Um, and you don't not need it to potentially win some games so yeah just don't tunnel vision i think is like the biggest thing to kind of remember um don't tunnel vision on the kyogre um it's there you don't always need it so as you play through your turns maybe you should give up that mirage gate or give up that recycler and be like okay i'm giving up on the kyogre gameplay right now to conserve this other card for this other line of play because i know i don't need the kyogre line of play um, I'm just going to kind of go ahead and give it up at this point. Don't be like, oh, well, but I, if I want to use Kyogre at the end of the game, I need this Recycler. And then you give up Mirage Gate, and now you can't use your Dragonite or Raikou sooner than you'd like to or attacking with Greninja or something. So, yeah, it's just like that's the biggest thing. It's like the Kyogre is very strong, it's very powerful, big win condition in a lot of matchups, but you don't have to use it to win games. Um, but same thing, keep it around. Remember, it is your most powerful tool in the deck as well.
0: So a little bit of balance. So really two Arceus decks in the meta right now. Arceus Duralodon Umbreon seems to be the one that has gained the most favor yeah. recently, but Arctina does have the results currently, you know, with Landon getting the win in Portland. And it still did okay in Hartford. There was a couple in top 32, but overall, I mean the story of Hartford, I think, even though Fusion Mew did win, was just kind of the like, you know, this deck a lot. kind of it got on the radar in uh, Portland with the top eight finish. And then it was just it exploded in Hartford, right? It was everywhere yeah. through day end of day one and through day two. Um, Arctur Umbreon versus Tina. Why would you play one over the other?
1: Um, Arctina's Mew matchup feels worse. Almost it feels like because you don't have a fallback of like a guaranteed one KO when you set up a Pokemon. You do have Choice Belt Tina, which can get the one KO. But we can saw like Luke Smith going with the Oracorio. Uh, to just basically beat Argentina, right? They had yeah. the Oricorio in there. People haven't been doing that for a while, but it basically does kind of auto win the matchup for you. I feel like playing the Oricorio in Mew V Max um, for the Argentina matchup. So um, I just feel like the Arc Umbreon deck has just a, a better matchup spread. You have a lot more tricks, a lot harder to play against. You're less linear, like
0: a lot more lines of play for sure. Yeah, a
1: lot more lines of play. Like it just feels better. Um, Argentina, it did. It, it, to be honest, it kind of feels it did have its big showing in Portland. But overall, it feels pretty underwhelming um, as a deck right now.
0: Underrated um, attack in the Umbreon, by the way. The, the mean the, look. mean look. I've seen a lot of mean looks happen to buy a turn if you need really to. It's really good against yeah.
1: Guardian and Lugo. You can literally trap them for the whole game because you just like Alakazam the damage off. And you can put a double turbo on the Umbreon so you do less damage. So you never KO their active. And then you just like Alkazam and, and draw your prize cards through Alakazam eventually. Um, so you can do some cheesy stuff with me and look yeah i just have so much more going on the artina i think is like too linear your lost box matchup isn't that good it's really hard to deal with dragonite like our uh, early dragonite your Mew matchup isn't that good especially with fusion Mew making a, b- a bigger resurgence um oh that kind of doesn't bode well for arc Umbreon. i think you're definitely going to be wanting to rock like a Drapion and a raihan in arc Umbreon moving forward for so uh, moving forward into this weekend for the the Mew matchup gives you a little bit more to work with in that matchup i think for sure but yeah i'm just not a big fan of artina uh, I thought it was cool post Portland felt kind of cool, but it really is just too straight, too straightforward, too linear.
0: <clears throat> so we've got a pretty established list here for Lugia, right? Reagan's list, second place in Portland. Grant Shen got second place with the same 60 in Hartford. Yeah. And by the way, Reagan got third. Uh, I mean, just look at the finishes of this list. Second place, second place. Oops. Oh. <laughs> on the wrong thing. Second place, second place, third place, ninth place, 10th place. Really strong finishes from this 60. And then if you could expand it out to like same 58 or 59, like the finishes are super strong. This is kind of the list everyone's building around. Are there any big deviations you think that need to be made for this list this weekend? Or if you're someone who's played Lugia, is there anything I think sometimes people feel like um like not okay with just like taking a deck list that they've seen online and rolling up with it to a regionals they feel like they have to put their own mark on it right make a change or two (laughs) like is that something that someone should feel like they need to do for this deck like is this just if you rolled up with this 60 is there anything wrong with that right now
1: um i mean the only thing i would say to try out i think it's possible like with muse going to less heavy path builds and arctina potentially taking a big nosedive in popularity think the pumpku could maybe come out for a second collapse that'd be like a consideration i've been doing great balls over the two nest balls and it felt really really good to increase your odds of seeing the seeing archaeops but the bigger play that's actually come up with playing the great balls over the nest balls has been hitting luminion off of great ball has felt insanely good just have more outs to luminion to get the burnet so i've been trying that i still haven't been punished it felt like from having great balls over nest balls so I would say give that a shot, see how, how you like it, see how it feels, and then I think it it could be a decent call to cut Punkaboo for the second collapse. You'd rather play two collapse. It just depends on how much path there is in the format. If there's enough path, Punkaboo is better. If there's not enough path, then the second collapse definitely is the better the better card to go with. So less Muse are playing more path, and then Arctina, eh, pretty mid deck, pretty mid deck. Are people can continue to play it at the numbers that it was kind of being played at going into Hartford? Probably not, but it'll still probably be a decently relevant deck. So. That's kind of like a tough call to make, but I wouldn't hate to see the extra collapse in there over the pump.
0: Do you have any thoughts or comments on like the mentality that people may have of like not wanting to just copy oh, a yeah. 60 Oh Yeah, that's definitely
1: just like, doesn't make, it's just a bad mentality to have. Like if a deck's good and you like that archetype, just play whatever seems to be the best 60 for it. If you do definitely think and can put some reasonable logic, logic behind maybe you know, not playing the Evital um, or not playing the Urshifu line, whatever it is, if you can put some reasonable logic behind that change, then sure. But also, at the end of the day, it does kind of depend on your goal. If you want to play the best Lugia list, um, you know, uh, prep in a way that leads to you playing the best Lugia list. If you want to play a Lugia list with I don't know uh some cheesy stuff that is just probably not that good and even you can accept that it's bad then that's also fine as well right but just have an understanding of what you're doing don't be like i want to play the best loogie list but if i just copy reagan everyone's just gonna say i just played reagan's list so even if i do something like you know top 16 top eight is like oh they just played reagan's list and i get like less credit for it um i mean yeah it depends on really what your goal is at the end of the day but don't let that be a deterrent from just playing a better list overall for sure <clears throat>
0: Where do you feel like Gardevoir stands in this meta? We haven't seen much of it in top cuts. There's been like there was one in Malmo, right? Uh, none in Lima or Hartford. Gardevoir, I mean, is it just too gate kept by Lostbox? Like, or is maybe Lostbox going to come down to that like 16 percent meta share and all of a sudden, ooh, Gardevoir seems like it could be okay. Like, or is 16 percent still too high to take a loss?
1: i uh I still wouldn't recommend playing guardvor i I would say it's the it gets better to play guardvor although to win the tournament, I don't think it still has a great shot because I think a ton of good players are have been playing Lost Box and will continue to play lost box if better if good players were coming down on the lost boxes being played, then I think. Ardor actually has a decent shot at the tournament, which makes it a better play. But if your goal is just to, like, get day two, then I think War is actually in a better spot. I still wouldn't recommend playing it, but definitely is getting better for it, right? The Mew matchups has always felt pretty good for Gardevoir. Yep. Uh, Lugia matchup has always felt pretty good, in my opinion, as well for Gardevoir. Both of those are getting more popular. Lost box is getting less popular. But at the high end of things, I think it's still going to be a pretty large percentage of good players playing it. So if your goal is to the tournament, I wouldn't recommend playing guardvor But they too. Guard War is probably pretty two. decent
0: against the Arceus stuff too, right?
1: Yeah, you're, you're decent against the Arceus stuff as well. So for, for those reasons, like and that's if that's kind of your goal, you know, then is going to be decent spot. Well, it's not good against the Arctur Umbreon. They got the Alkazam and like the Halucha that really can mess you up. Um, it's not a terrible matchup, but that's, like, pretty annoying slash tough to deal with. So maybe include something like a uh, Champions Festival. I know those are expensive, hard to get. Maybe you know someone who uh, has some who they don't care if you borrow them. So, uh, yeah, maybe, uh, you know, borrow, tell them you'll only mass shuffle and uh, borrow some <laughs> Champions Festivals. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, maybe playing one of those would be pretty good to play around some of that that Arctur Umbreon, which I think will be a pretty popular deck still probably going into the weekend, especially, like I said, with some of those techs added or the mu matchup Drapion and Han.
0: So Gujra's tanked pretty hard recently. That's the next deck for us to talk about. We haven't seen much from it since EUIC really, where it was overall pretty popular. Um, was still kind of popular in Portland, but really didn't do super well there. Um, what What do you think led to its decrease in success? And is there any reason that it could see a bounce back?
1: Um, I mean, I don't think the deck was really that good overall. It definitely struggled pretty hard in Portland because there was so much guard war, right? That matchup, I think, is definitely unfavorable. Every Lugia deck now has the single-strike Urshifu. The yeah. uh, Arceus decks are getting really aggressive with the Umbreon, and they have Duraludon, and uh, I mean, a lot of your lost zone matchups aren't even that good either. Like the Kyogre matchup's not that special for Guja. It doesn't just like body the Lost Zone decks. Like you're best against the turbo builds, but if they're getting turbo, 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 and like going, like turn one, Dragonite knock out of Guja or something, I don't know. It just does not seem like a good uh, good time to play Guja. I wouldn't recommend the deck right now. I don't and I don't know if it's gonna recover, to be honest. I don't think it will. I don't think Guja's recovering. I almost feel like it's like EUIC run felt kind of fluky to be honest. How well it did at EUIC felt. Looking back on that, I was like, I don't I don't know. That didn't seem like that's the way that should have played out. Also, the Mew matchup, especially against Fusion Mew, can be kind of tough, uh, can be kind
0: of rough. So, yeah, don't play Guja. It's not very good. <laughs> <laughs> and then one last deck to talk about. Coming off a top eight finish in Lima, any reason that players should consider the Urshifu until the end deck? Is that strike. something maybe worth picking up? I think it's got a good lost box matchup. Right.
1: Um I don't think but, you can beat Fusion Mew.
0: Yeah.
1: Even with double Drapeon, like they're still winning the prize trade like every time. So, also, like,
0: doesn't fusion strike energy stop Alakazam, right? Like and it also oh, stops yeah. Intellion, <laughs> like
1: yeah, I mean I don't know if those numbers ever matter. Your goal yeah, is always Drapion twice.
0: In, yeah, Drapion twice, sure, sure.
1: Now that's not a thing anymore because of the the fusion stuff, like the Lugia matchup stuff. The fusion matchup is tough. The Guard War and Lost Box matchups are good, but if both of those are kind of kind of like, I don't think the percentage of Guard War and Lost Box is probably increasing at all going into this tournament compared to something like Hartford, because um, we're gonna see. I mean, Guard War might stay about the same percentage. Maybe Guard War will come down. I mean, they both might come down a little bit because Guard War was still like what sixteen percent or fifteen percent at, um, at Hartford, right? I think it was like fifteen percent. I can pull it it's up pretty high um and they kind of did pretty poorly going from day one to day two if i remember correctly but yeah i wouldn't uh i don't think i'd recommend the urshifu deck right now i think fusion B is like the big reason i wouldn't play it but lugia is another one where I was, the lugia matchup does not seem great for the deck so the deck's cool very cool deck for sure but i don't think it's it's one of those decks like i don't even like, guard for is like a deck where i'm like okay i could see you pushing for a day two with that urshifu I could see you going with an O <laughs> pushing for an O three with that. So <laughs> I would say But also no would to you be food. surprised
0: to see it in top eight?
1: No, not really that surprised, but that's just kind of Pokemon in general, right? But like my statement still stands where it's like I would be I'd be yeah, like if you went O three with Urshifu as it's kind of like, well, that's I don't know, that's kind of the deck, right? So sure. yeah, I don't think you're pushing for any kind of day twos or anything with Urshifu. So wouldn't recommend it at all. I mean any if you hit enough, decks? if you hit enough uh if Urshifu hits enough uh Lost Boxes and Guardies, you can do anything, right? Just like, you know, if you dodge a certain deck enough, then you could do well as well for the same reason, right? So if you dodge, uh, if you only hit those and dodge everything else, same thing, right?
0: Any other decks worth discussing at all? Any merit to, like, I mean, I know you hate Lost nope. Tina. <laughs> I know you hate Maridon. Uh, Dealda, where the Lost, the Lost like... Tina stands have been kind of quiet lately. Yeah. I don't know. These,
1: eterni- these tournaments keep happening no no top eights anywhere in sight for the lost tinas yeah the lost tina stands have been kind of quiet lately is it because the deck is truly bad and they're finally coming around i don't know but uh yeah lost tina and mirai definitely aren't it um and i don't think there really is anything else i think the meta is getting kind of flushed out i could see the one deck that i could see popping up and doing something some kind of control build though never uh a lot of of tools a lot of tools right now so Um, There's nothing feels Though
0: Sander did literally choose not to go to Malmo because he said he didn't think control was in a good spot, which honestly kind of based right that you're like, I like to play (laughs) control. It's not good right now, so I'm just not gonna go to the tournament. I mean, sick.
1: Sander. When I played against Sander at EUIC, I was like, "So is this uh, is this a real deck?" And he was like, "He's like, yeah, this one is real." What I what I played at OCIC was just a fun deck. Uh, so even <laughs> like he showed up, he went to Australia to literally play a meme control deck, right? Like, <laughs> so he's like, "Yeah, this one's real. This one's real." I played against Sander now like three times at three ICs. They um, will do it again at. Uh, an AIC coming up, but yeah, he was like, no, this one's a, this is the real deal here. So
0: that would be a rematch worth watching right there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sick. Definitely.
0: All right. Um, so, uh well you, so, uh, do you, did you have predictions or anything you want to do? I forgot to write them down.
1: Yeah, we could, let's do a couple. Let's do a couple. We're going to do full mu predictions this time around. So the first one is going to be over under 0.5 on fusion Mew winning a tournament this weekend three tournaments will Fusion Mew win one of them
0: I'm going to say under 0. .5 Mew Fusion Mew does not win an event this weekend
1: you do the thing sometimes where you're like well you pick the, that one so you do like, I don't think Fusion Mew is winning uh, nah, Fusion Mew's is going to get a dub I like now that I think about it more yeah I could definitely get a dub so I'm going to go with the over on the 0.5 on the fusion, Mew. the next one we could do, we have to come up with a number for this one, though. How many mews? There's been a lot of mews in top eights recently. How many mews over, under on what? Can we do something like 10, 10.5 across for three all three events, events, right? For three events.
0: I mean, I think it should probably be like 6.5 be or something. 6.5. point right?
1: five. Let's give it
0: Because th- 6.5 is putting it at two like at each two, event. two each, right? So it's yeah. like, do you think it's going to be like because two of the same deck and cut is still like, that's a decent shape. Right?
1: yeah, okay, so let's go maybe 7.5. 7, 7, yeah 7. 5. maybe I maybe maybe I'm thinking too much about the fours that or the 3s. Yeah. so let's go let's go let's go six point five. I think you're right. six point five, how many mews in cut? Uh, I'm gonna go first on this one and uh
0: Ooh,
1: I don't know. <laughs> I'm gonna go <laughs>
0: I'm gonna go first, but I don't know what I'm picking.
1: I'm going under. Okay. Mew's gonna like finally have a slower
0: weekend. I think it's time. I'm gonna go with over because Mew I think it's gonna have the increase in play. Um and There's it is just that money. it's just powerful. It's just powerful. Yeah, I, I do think there are, is gonna be I think Drapion stocks will be up in just random decks as well. Like yeah, it's just not Arceus, as good against the fusion uh, though. Like Maybe we'll see Lugia playing a Drapion in it as well. Like I don't think Drapion's a terrible card in Lugia, to be honest.
1: That's actually one of the decks that I think Drapion is really powerful in for the Mew matchup, but it's not necessary. But if there's enough sure. Mew, the return on playing a Drapion yeah. is definitely worth it. And we could be getting to that point, to be honest, where where because like turn like you can get turn one attack with Drapion and then just follow up with your Lugias from there. Um, so
0: yeah, there's as well. Little...
1: I had another one that I said before the show, but I forget what it was now. Um, what was it? And I had one more Mew related Mew prediction. Could, yeah, Mew prediction. So we got the the Wolf Fusion Mew. Maybe which version
0: would be more popular
1: or. Yeah, which version do you think will be more popular in like top eight or day day two? Oh, See, they don't break them down in day two, though. It's tough. Oh, yeah, no. I don't
0: think they'll break them down.
1: We'll have to do top eights then. Yeah, which what do you think is going to be the higher percentage in day two or in top
0: eight? In top eight, fusion um, or double turbo. So I said I think there's going to be more than six point five. So if there's seven or three of them double turbo and three of them are fusion. I think it's probably still, man, that is tough. <laughs> now you're the one who can't yeah, decide. I know. Well, I didn't say I'm going first. I'm going first. So <laughs> <laughs> All right,
1: well, now you're first on this one. So you yeah, pick. now
0: I'm first, I'm going to, I'm going to say that DTE mu remains more popular. Top eights in top eights in top. All right, I'll
1: eights. take the I'll take the fusion on that. I'll take the fusion on that. I think there'll sure. be more fusion Mews in top eights. More fusion fusion Muse will occupy more top eight spots. Than the and remember, everyone, we bill. are
0: going based off of three tournaments happening this weekend. So. Yeah, there's three.
1: There's three this weekend. Three majors: Milwaukee, Santiago, Torino. And I think with that said, um, you can go ahead and send us out
0: chip. Um Go for it. Yeah, thanks a bunch to everyone for the support. As always, just a little reminder again about getting on the wait list for the Patreon. If you want to support us in that way, we really appreciate it. Of course, just listening and hanging out with us is a great way to support us as well. So we're thankful for any of that. No, it's absolutely not something we expect from people. Uh, just putting it out there as an option to get a little bit of extra Uncommon Energy content so if you do enjoy the cast and want to show your support in a non-monetary way the best way to do that is to leave us a rating a review drop us a like over on the youtube channel comment any of those type of things do help us a ton it helps more people discover the podcast gets more people involved in the pokemon tcg community um which is what we're all about you know we want more people to enjoy this game that we've come to love and have uh made so many friends through so um thanks so much to everyone for the continued support best of luck if anyone's competing in tournaments this weekend and if you want to stay connected with us the best place to do that is over on twitter you can follow myself at chip ritchie azul at azul underscore gg and then the podcast itself at uncommon underscore energy
1: appreciate the support as always this is a fun one i enjoyed this one for sure yeah definitely check out the patreon for sure uh excited to get that underway. Link in the description. Like I think Chip mentioned, but I forget if he mentioned it, that's why I mentioned it. And we'll catch you all next week. Good luck to everyone playing in the tournaments this weekend. Uh me and Chip will be in Milwaukee. So if you want to say what's up, say what's up. We don't bite. Um and it's Hard. always uh, I always enjoy it. Always enjoy the uh the experience of meeting people who are uh fans of the the podcast or my content in general or chip's casting. We all we enjoy it. So be sure to come, say what's up, catch you next week, 7 a.m. Might be on Wednesday. Probably, Probably on, on Wednesday. Wednesday. Probably on Wednesday. Next week will be on Wednesday and then back to the regular schedule of <laughs> the programming on Tuesday. <laughs> Peace.